We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you uh, on a Friday. Uh, recording this, of course, on a Thursday evening. Um, as promised, uh, what was it? Two, three, three and a half, four, three, three and a half, some about uh, weeks ago. Going to commit to doing a mailbag pod every 12 games this season. And we are right now in between games thir- uh, 23. Three and twenty-four, so it made the most sense to do it now. Um, plus, uh, the young man who assists me with these pods had an opening in his busy, busy schedule. As if you're watching on YouTube, you could see he's sitting in his freshman year dorm room, which just brings me back. Um, my God, <laughs> does it bring me back? Chris Persian and hello, sir. Hello, good to be on the show as always. I'm, I'm ready to to watch you. Uh, Roll your eyes at Bernard's questions and uh, seriously answer the rest and uh, <laughs> see where this see where this takes us. Well, I, I don't know if you. I, so, uh, again, the, the rules rules. Um, there are no rules. Uh, Chris looks at these questions and compiles them ahead of time. I do not because um, I have too much shit to do uh, and he will uh, read them live. Although I did. I did see one question. I don't know if it's among your 14 because Yash. Um, put it in our, our group text. Um, he asked something about Kyle Quinn. Now about, you responded to that one. So I didn't throw it in. Well, I responded because I saw that the actual Kyle Quinn liked the question because he tagged him in it. And uh, if you're, if you're listening out there, Kyle Quinn, I just followed you today. Follow me back and, and you can come on the, the next film school podcast. And I can talk to you about, um, I don't know what it was like to do bar mitzvahs and play for the Knicks and uh, all, all kinds of other fun stuff. So hi, hi Kyle Quinn. 
with that backdrop, uh, I think we should just get right into it, right? I'm ready. Okay, giddy up. First question comes from Brad, of course, of Prediction Strike. I do not want to trade Randall, but I'm curious what his value would be around the league. If for some reason we did trade him, what could we get back and who would be interested? Now, I, I had to put this one first because so you, we've, so we, <laughs> we've spoken because it's, it's like we don't think they're going to trade Randall, but it's also a fun exercise just like how, how much you value his play, how much you think other teams value said play. That's not so, the reason you put this first. You you put this first so you could make me look like an asshole for the second straight mailbag pod because the last question you put first was the one about ranking our our trade assets and I put RJ what did I put RJ Barrett fourth and I'm gonna have to live that down for the rest of my life because like I jammed up and I rushed my my answer and I just it was really unfortunate and I'm gonna try to to um, make up for that you, now. You I don't know what it is. Yash has always been just on top of it you just i don't know what it is about rj this the, the belief is not connecting somewhere no the belief, listen it's there now i just needed to see what we've seen over the whatever it's been 11 games since we did ah, um that podcast Blind hope is so much more fun oh my god <laughs> um okay where where are we sending julius randall um this is a really good question so there aren't a lot of teams that i think have the tradable salary or at the very least have the trade, have the tradable salary that they would actually want to trade. Um, looking just down the list of standings right now, the obvious teams that jump out to me are Boston because they have the trade exception. And I believe they're still starting Tristan Thompson at power forward. Is that correct? That I, sounds right. Yeah, that sounds well, right. Who, it doesn't it, sound, it doesn't sound right, but it, well, you know I mean, I mean Oh, look at this. My daughter's sneaking in here now. Um, I love how she always waits till I start these things, and then she starts to sneak in. Uh, I Indiana. Oh, sorry, not Indiana. I was don't know why I said Indiana. Um, Charlotte, Charlotte, who we've talked about before. Um, I'll take Malik Monk. I'm sure you would. It's, that's not going to be enough, though. Um, yeah, I, I almost said Denver because of the Gary Harris salary. It matches so easily. But I don't like it, Gary Harris on like a first round pick is not getting it done. And what what do you? Oh, you want your just ask for your backpack. You don't have to be mischievous about it. Jesus, this kid. What did I what did I raise here? Sneaking in to get her backpack. Craziness. Um. So no, no to Denver. Um. You know, I feel like Portland always tries to acquire talent so they can never be counted out, but they don't really have the tradable salary. I don't think that the Knicks would want. Um, I, the I, Okay, the Warriors. So I think the Warriors, and not that the Minnesota? Knicks would No, come oh. on. No, they're too far out of it. Um, at, mm, I was almost going to say Dallas, but the Knicks would not trade. The, the Knicks would sooner. <laughs> Leon Rose would sooner jump off of the roof of Madison Square Garden than trade Julius Randle to Dallas. Um, so the war. I'll say Warriors, Charlotte, and Boston. And I'm not sure there's a deal there because let's just take it one by one. What does Boston have that interests you? Anything? 
because um, they don't really have anything that interests me. Um, like in terms I'm going of going through the list of Ainge treasure chest held too long turned prospects, and I'm not well, that, coming but up that's, with any. So that's the thing, right? Is like they have some interesting young players. They have Romeo Langford. They have Aaron Nesmith, who they just drafted. No, thank you, and no, thank you. They have Grant. I like Grant Williams, but again, these are you know Peyton Pritchard. It's like these are yeah, not but for Julius. No, I'm I'm just making the point that like they yes right. they have young guys, but you give me you could give me two or three of those, and I wouldn't. And, What's the point of Pritchard if he's not even going to get minutes over quickly? Come on. <laughs> yeah, so it's a no from Boston, especially since like the again the value of those. Um, the picks would be limited because they have Jason Tatum. And I feel pretty good about Boston situation moving forward. Maybe not as a contender, but as a, as a team that's going to be, you know, in the thick of things. Um, I'll go to golden state next just because. So man, Money. well, here, oh, goodness gracious. Here's the, there are two ways that they could go here. You ready for this? I'm not sure you're ready for this. Draymond. No, come on. All so right, you you know you said so you said money. I went, right? I went crazy. I went crazy. No, you so you said money, and that's because they currently have a payroll that is one hundred seventy-four million dollars and is going to cost them in actuality, I don't know what the luxury tax multiplier it's gonna cost them an obscene amount of money if they keep this roster together for the rest of the year. So sitting there looking at Andrew Wiggins. Three years uh, left at um, a total of 91 to whatever it is, million dollars. Wiggins has been good this year. Um, he basically is the player that Thibodeau always tried to turn him into. Uh, obviously, I'm not giving up Julius Randle for, for Andrew Wiggins um, right. as, as like a straight up swap. And they're not giving James Wiseman. And, and that would obviously create an issue with Mitch. And like, I don't want to. Like, oh, man, we could have a whole podcast on this. Hey, your roommate's home. Um, yeah. What's up, Eric? Just just for shits and giggles. I'm not, I don't think Golden State would offer this, but if they called up and they're like, you can have Wiggins and Wiseman. No. For Mitch no. and Ju- oh. <laughs> for Mitch Wait. and Julius Randle. Why? Well, I wouldn't do Wiggins and Wiseman for Randle. Wiggins. They're giving us Wiggins and Wiseman. We're giving them Randle. And Mitchell Robinson. I'm saying if we weren't giving up Mitch, I still don't think I'd do it. Hold on, does that work with the money? They would. They, uh, we, the Knicks might have to throw in a small salary. So, so you're saying I would wait. not do that either. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't. I was not high on Wiseman, and Mitchell Robinson seems to have the coaching staff for him. Um, if keeping him here long term is in the interest of the team, which don't say anything because it's a question. Don't even make a face. It's a question. I'm not even say it. All right. Um, <laughs> then I wouldn't. I wouldn't swap him for Wiseman. To I wouldn't downgrade him just to downgrade Randall. I I, I don't think either team would. Say, I think the Knicks would say yes to this. No. Uh, why? Because why did they, they do that deal? Because I think they. I think they would believe in Wiseman big time. And I think they. And I think they would look at it as we're turning Randall, who is again a, a top. But what Wiggins player does, like in the, the cap, league this year, the I think Wiggins. I think Wiggins makes a lot more sense. I think. Let me rephrase that because I'll put no that way out there, and then I'll get it thrown thrown it back. Leon Rose face. hired people who know the game of basketball to run this team. There's no way you they watch flip. the Warriors a lot this year. There's no way they flip Randall and Mitch for Wiggins and Watt. This is like offensive. 
What is that? What did you, you might, I know you weren't high on Wiseman. I wasn't high on Wiseman either. You know how I felt about Mitch and I'm still. Listen, I'm just, I'm just saying, I think the Knicks would say yes to that. I don't think the Warriors would, would, uh, would do that. Especially since I think if the Knicks say yes to that trade, Leon Rose needs to clean house, including himself. (laughs) Listen, I'm just telling you my opinion. All right. Um, The <laughs> other, too. the other thing, and this is the the one I I would love to do, but I also think the Warriors would say no to, is um, uh, Randall for Kelly Oubre and, and some kind of salary. I would, you know, I guess, uh, I guess Looney. Um, although Lo- like he Looney actually plays for them. I don't know. They would they would probably have this. I don't know. Wanamaker, Baysmore, Wanamaker, Pool, someone, some other salary for um for randall and we'd also be getting the minnesota pick oh okay i was like where is this going I, again i don't i don't think i don't think the knicks um i don't think the the i don't think sorry i think the knicks don't think, would do that i don't, you don't think, think randall is the that. guy golden state wants to cash in that pick well because on, if so if which i get so you're you're that that minnesota pick is the is the golden ticket of the nba right now it's the thing that gets them in the beal discussion if beal decides he wants to be moved then maybe he does and he's just not telling anybody who knows um but orleans you know it's it's a yeah new orleans it's it's a golden I've been ticket. saying new orleans for beal well like jeremy might, too i think you might be on something <laughs> um whatever i think i don't think that they want to cash that chip in for Julius Randle, especially since Julius Randle, on t- in addition to what they already have, which is again, it would be Green, Wiseman, Wiggins, uh, Steph. Like, I don't think that guarantees them a, a win, like a first round playoff series win. I mean, hell, they may not even right. they may not even get out of the playing game if we're being honest. Just because I, I don't know that I I see that fit, which is the same reason I don't think they do the other trade. I don't think they'd give up Wiseman and and. Um, and Wiggins for for Randall and Mitch, so no, I guess we've, we've talked about this for a while, but I feel like it, it was would, an interesting one. I, if you think the Knicks would turn down getting fucking James Wiseman, you're insane. I'm just telling you. I'm just I'm saying it's that you're you're wrong about that because I we know <laughs> Tibbs likes Wiggins like that's kind of that's been documented. Wiggins likes Tibbs. He spoke highly of him just last week. Wiggins would like he'd slide right into the next lineup. You'd you'd be solving part of the problem that you have right now with Obi being blocked by Randall. You get um, Wiseman in here who could theoretically space the floor. You know you you, have, you could have some funky stuff going on. I, I'm just that's those are the deals that I thought of. And again, Warriors say no to both. And what was the last team I said? Oh, uh, Charlotte, which you know first round pick and Devontae Graham, which I, I don't think I'd do that I'm at this good. point. Yeah, I think you know, given given how it looks like the the, the Hornets are going to be able to pretty securely slot themselves into that 14, 15, 16, 17 draft range, um you know, I I just yeah, that's not the that's not the so uh long-winded way of saying no. Uh Randall's probably not going to get traded and also hi from uh from me to you, Brad. Uh what's going on, bud? <laughs> Next up we have Ray asking, regardless of who is starting now, who on the existing team would make up your perfect second unit? This assumes there are some starters who shouldn't be and leaves holes in the starting five, but is a fun exercise. That's easy, and I'm going to cheat because I actually wrote this, I think, on in my newsletter on uh, whatever, earlier this week. They all run together. Um, Obi and 
Emmanuel quickly, and then three shooters. So um, Burks, um, Rivers, and <laughs> running out of shooters after Burks. Burks, uh, Rivers, and it's, so it's it's it is actually essentially our second unit right now, except I'm replacing Noel with. Uh, We could put Frank in there. That'd be fun. I was gonna. I was gonna say Frank. IQ Frank. Yeah, IQ Frank. Burks Rivers. That's a little small because now you got Obi playing the four. Oh, um. Well, let, you know, let let Obi play the five. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm saying it. no. I'm saying sorry. Oh yeah, Obi playing the five. But you you'd have I guess Burks play. No, you can't have that or, or Frank playing the you, four. That's, you that's know, too small. You you know my devious plan from the other day that in, that finds Obi his front court mate if he were to be at the five but Who? may also light Nick's Twitter on fire Michael Kid Gilchrist oh yeah no don't put that in um, <laughs> no Knox sorry I forgot all about Kevin Knox how sad is it the guys went out of the rotation two games and I already forgot about him so is uh, it bad that I don't care uh, no it's not bad it is what it all is right. it's his third year in the league he was fine this season um, he didn't light the world on fire. So uh, Obi Knox, Burks, um, quickly, and let's put Frank in there. That'd be fun. Okay. Hi, Ray. Next question. Hi, Ray. I was going to say. Oh, next up. <laughs> I I just can't. I, I just got to get right into it. Um, aside from Ignas Brasdakis, because his dad was an MMA fighter after all. And now you're realizing why, uh, why I omitted who asked the question that I said, Ignas Brasdakis. What NBA player do you think would be most likely to succeed as an MMA fighter? So, um, hi, Bernard. Uh, I, <laughs> I think I'm going to answer this question with like, really, if the person took the time to make themselves into like had the, had the work ethic and like the dedication to be like, all right, I'm going to do this now and I'm going to do it for real and really make it a point to like become something special. Um, Man. I kind of want to say bam. Ooh. Bam. That answer. Maybe LeBron, just because LeBron is the answer. That's to who I thought of. First. Yeah, I mean, it's the answer to like any of these multi-sport or, or cross-sport questions, right? Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I don't watch MMA, so I don't know what skills are really. <laughs> I, I'm sure Bernard just uh, cringed. Um, sorry, but uh, I, I, is, is, is like Zion have the body type? I'm guessing not. No? Okay. Yeah, so no. that's a no. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. No, he's too bold. I was going to say Joel Embiid because he's a big goof. Um, no, but he's, he has really good footwork, and he he's like – You see Bam – you ever see Bam 2 9 Do you I ever, ever Bam? see Bam what? You, you, like 2 9 You know what 2 9 is? When, I have when no center, idea what that is. When centers don't want to get a three-second violation, so every oh. 2.9 seconds they like oh, tiptoe in yeah. and out of the – Bam looks like he's playing Dance Dance Revolution. He's out there like <laughs> hustling, like right. like sped up samba dancing. It's so funny. So I'll go. Crazy uh, you, just, you just convinced me. I'll go with Bam. Good question. <laughs> Next up, Stacy Patton. Don't All know right, if Stacey. you shared anything yet, but would love to hear both of your thoughts on the draft and who you think the Knicks should target. Do you want to go first, or or you want me to tee this one off? 
No, you can t- you can tee it off. I I I haven't done an in depth. Uh, I mean, I watchage of anyone. I know who the guys are, um, and I've I've watched at least a little bit of all of them. I mean, I'm right. assuming I'm same here. I just haven't done my yeah. usual scrounging of. I'm I'm not even going to mention the top five guys because I think the Knicks would be lucky not to, happening to get any of them unless they consolidate. Because well, what, not I mean, drafting it's just four like players. It's it's if you're asking me to like the rank my the top five right now, I would go Cade Suggs. Probably Mobley, then Green. Mo- then Kum- Mo- and Suggs then over Mobley. Interesting. Yeah, I'd go Suggs over Mobley. Um, just I, I'm I'm all in on on Suggs, and then I love him too. Yeah, other guys. I mean, oh boy, Kispert's Kispert's yes. shooting line. Depot RJ Kispert Randall. Oh Mitch. God. Well, we're we gonna. I'm here. sure we're gonna get to the Depot. We um, are here. Oh yes, we are. So hold off on that, but um. Yeah, I mean this team needs again, I think I think this year watching the Knicks is a reminder that there's that they're shooting and then they're shooting. You know, and when you have and there's a reason that a team like the Nets will pay a guy like Joe ha- I mean unique situation because they were between a rock and a hard place. They couldn't replace that that skill set um because yeah. of the luxury because of the cap situation. But like there's a reason that probably even if they weren't in that situation, they would have been happy to pay that dude, whatever they paid him. Um, and why Gary Trent jr. Is going to make whatever the hell Gary Trent jr. Is going to make this summer. Um, it's, you know, it's the most important skill in the league today, presuming you could hold your own on the defensive end of the floor. And I think um, the nice thing about having a coach like Tibbs is he is a guy that if you give him maximum effort, he will put you in a position to be successful on the defensive end of the floor. As long as you're trying your hardest, um, you know, and you don't have like glaring, glaring size limitations. If you're like a, a right. skewed point guard or something like you're going to be fine. That's why I was like, I'm, I'm not worried about that part of Obi's game. I'm more, I'm more, you know, well, I'm, we don't have to talk about Obi, but like, yeah, Kispert, uh, Kispert's a guy I definitely have my eye on. I think the Cooper thing is interesting. Um, uh, Sharif Cooper, for anybody who doesn't know, Auburn point guard. I, and I should say, Kispert is a, a, a starter on, on Gonzaga, who's obviously running roughshod over all of college basketball. And, um, he's a, he's a senior. Sharif Cooper is a freshman. He's a uh, point guard, started the season late, um, and is uh, on pace to set the all time NCAA record for assist percentage. He's just an unbelievable passer. He gets into the teeth of the defense. He's like, he's, he's really good. He just can't shoot for shit right now. He's taking <laughs> over four threes a game and he's hitting 20% of them. Um, so that's a problem. The thing is with, with Cooper, he had, he's hitting over 80 for 80% of his free throws. Um, so if you go by the notion that free throw shooting is the, is the thing you should look at to see if a guy will eventually be able to shoot. Um, and yes, I realized the two guys I just picked are the two guys that Sam Vecini had in his, um, little Knicks article for the athletic the other day. I, what can I say? I agree with him. I think those are two guys that other than the top five, if I'm the Knicks, uh, I would have my eye on other than, um, I think I mentioned him Springer. last night. The, who? Springer. Springer. I like, I, you know, I like Springer, but the more I watch the Knicks and, and try to envision him on it, like, 
I need more faith in the three ball, and I know he's hitting. You don't because like, you you don't think he's going to start, and then you don't know about him coming off the bench with IQ. Or well, no, it, no, I think the, I think they're I think they need to draft a starter in this draft. I think they have to come away with a starter. And the thing with Springer is he's only taking one three pointer a game. And the reason is because he's, his form is like a little funky. He's, he's hitting 56% of his threes, but again, he's only taken like eight this year, whatever, 10. I yeah. don't know what the number is. No, the other guy I was going to mention is Moody. Um, oh, I love Moody. him. Yeah. Moody's I just Moody. tweeted out highlights the other day. Just, yeah, just, he's, just for fun. Know. I, 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 I love watching him kids fucking 18 years old. He could play defense. He's hitting, what is he hitting from three point right now? He's hitting, I tweeted, 35%. Like, so a couple weeks ago, I said a Moody Kispert draft would be like ridiculously oh. good. Yeah. <laughs> but like they, you know, it's, it's just tough because it's, you, you're looking for that lead guard and the odds are that you're not going to get Suggs or Cade and you're still going to be left waiting for that lead guard. But then that gets back to the questions, which again, I have a feeling we're going to get one about, do we already have the, the next lead guard of the Knicks on this team already? So, all right, let's keep going. Next up, G-Men Galaxy, a.k.a. Drew, my guy. What do you think could happen? <laughs> Hi, Drew. Near- <laughs> what, Big fan you, of the show. If, if you were a, if you were a, a Giants fan, you'd follow Drew on Instagram. Um, what do you think could happen near the trade deadline? And a second question that I had lined up for this also uh, from Alex Storm, an ideal trade and a realistic trade for the Knicks before the deadline. Um, so just sweat. general, general deadline. Uh, so what do happens. I think they'll do, and what do I, what do I want them to do? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. <sighs> I want them to use this cap space. That's such a cop out answer, but I want them to use this cap space. I don't really want them to trade Julius Randle, especially given how we just canvassed the league and there's nothing really there. Um, I don't think. I don't think the player that ails them is going to be out there in this trade market um, or the, the player that will cure what ails them. Excuse me. Um, he will at not. Least not. What? He will not. Yeah. I just, I don't see that guy out there and um, I have no interest in overpaying for someone who might be that guy. Um, I want to make the best use of this cap space in terms of turning it into something valuable, whether that be a pick or whether it be a situation like I've kind of touched on in newsletters and recent podcasts where you're, 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 they will be paying a price for a player that maybe would otherwise be unavailable. Um, but it is available because they have cap space to inherit that player um, and would be available maybe at a more expensive uh, cost were it not for the fact that they had this cap space. That's all I want to see them do. I want to see them make use of this cap space in a smart way that forwards or advances the long-term goals of the organization. Let's say that. Makes sense. And then what you think they might actually do? I think that's what they'll do. Oh, really? Yeah. I think, I think they're smart. I think they know what they're doing. Um, Trying to think if there's anything that I can see them doing that would be like Nixie. Um, I guess I could see them just make, if, if they can't find the type of deal that I just mentioned where they're making really smart use of their cap space. You're not going to say Derek. And it's, well, no, not, not, I mean, I, I don't know. Do I think they're going to trade for Derek Rose? I, honestly, I don't really even care. Um, but like if, if we're sitting here and it's six hours or four hours or two hours from the deadline, 
How do you not? Because he's better than not, Alfred Payton. Uh, yeah, but then what? Then what? what he's better than Alfred up? Payton. Uh, quickly could play with Derrick Rose. Rose quickly. Um, Rose quickly. Uh, RJ uh, Randall and you know pick your pick your fifth guy. I don't really care who it is. Like that's a fun lineup. I'd like to see that lineup out on the floor. Um, anyway, um, I don't want them to trade for Dark Rose. I'm just saying I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't really care. It's like you. It's like with you about Knox. You don't care. I don't really care if they trade for Dark Rose. Um, I think that if they, as I was saying, I think if it's a couple hours before the deadline and they and that theoretical deal is not out there, and it's just a matter of like there's some talented player out there who it's just a matter of them like all right we could rent out our cap space and just inherit this person in and we're not really giving up anything we're not getting anything to do it. I think they might do that. And I don't even think they really care who that player is. I think it would just be like, you know what? Fuck it. We have 30 games left, 25 games left. Let's, let's take a chance. Like for on a, whether it's a, a Drummond or, I mean, he's the most obvious answer. Um, or I'm trying to think who else. Obre. Um, I don't think the Nuggets would want to just get rid of him. Agreed. They're trying to win a I'm championship. Just, I, Why would they want to? I, he, he was not necessarily the happiest, it seems. He's not happy. He uh, says, I'm a starter. I want to be starting. And he's not starting. So, of course, he's not happy. Um, but it doesn't matter. The Nuggets are trying to win a championship. And he's going to be a free agent. So, um, yeah. Okay. Next up. Next up from Dave Early. Which rookies would hey, you Dave. straight? You're going to hate him for this, though. <laughs> Which rookies would you straight swap IQ for? Um, I'd swap him for Ball. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, I mean, ob- the obvious question here is Halliburton. I wouldn't swap him for Halliburton. And Halliburton's been awesome. I watched Halliburton last night um, against the... Who the hell did they play? They played the Celtics and they won. Um, and Halliburton is just like... He's automatic from three. Um, he makes the right play every time on both ends of the court. He makes smart plays. He make, He's heady. He does all of the little things. It, the guy's going to be really good. Um, I still believe in Obi. I still think there's a world where the Knicks don't regret the pick. But, like, any questions about what Halliburton is going to be as an NBA player, I think, have been answered. He's really, really good. He, like, he can't create... He's not a guy who's going to break anybody down off the dribble, but he could, he could, you know, do some stuff off the pick and roll. Um, and this shot is pure. So he's really fucking good. I would not trade quickly for him, though. I like that. Agreed. And so ball, any anyone else? Edwards, I would have to think. I want no part of it. I listen. I, I know Edwards really? has been playing really well. He, and he's well, a, some people would disagree. I know uh, Riley, my co-host on to a tolerable degree is like, pissed that he's top three four or five like on the rookie ladder thinks he just has exclusively shown flashes um i mean there's varying all the issues that surrounded that dude before the the draft are still there um that team sucks ass and he's a part of it Uh, i think that matters it's not like they're without like 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 look at jerry culver and then edwards like you draft two guys high in the draft who then both look like bad. I don't know if that can be an indictment on those guys. It might think, be. 
No, I think I it's a, you can I think make it's a, that indictment though because it's just like we know Minnesota is just not. I mean, look what Wiggins just said. The no, other I know day. it's not a good situation. I totally get that, but like, um, listen, I I want to keep quickly here. I'm sick and tired of 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 having to look at other guys and be like, man, I wish that dude was doing that here. We have the guy who is doing it here. He's doing it right now, seeing it every night. So I'm, I'm happy with my dude, high character, work ethic, all the things. Love it. Speaking of evaluating character transition here, we need you to play Pobo, I guess. And hire a head coach. Um, start one, bench one, hire one from Colin from the Strickland. Oh, hey, Colin. To replace Tom Thibodeau as head coach. Alfred Payton, Emmanuel Moutier, Dennis Smith Jr. What are, I have to hire one of these people to start one, bench one. Start says, one, bench one, and hire one as the head coach? Uh huh. And the choices are Moutier, Dennis Smith Jr., and and Peyton. Oh Christ! Um, <laughs> That's great. I, I I couldn't not I couldn't not throw it in. I guess I'm I guess Peyton's my head coach, and oh my God. You're going to start mud. I'm not hiring either of those people as my head coach. That much is clear. Um, I can't do that to Dennis Smith Jr. I'll, I'll start Dennis Smith Jr. Start DSJ, bench Moody, a higher Peyton. All right. There you go, Colin. I'm, I'm going chalk there. Another Strickland celebrity appearance. Prez wants to know about Tibbs. Okay. We know that Tibbs is a strong tactical coach whose undoing in Minnesota was his poor player evaluation as Pobo. Do you think poor, poor player evaluation explains how he's handled minutes for Elf, Rivers, and Frank, or is it something else? Um, no, I think he just likes guys that he could depend on in the ways that are valuable. That Like... I think there are things that matter to him a lot. Um, and it's lifts of Alfred threes are just playing in my head right now. Just so you know. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> so that's like one of those things. Like again, intellectually, he knows Alfred Payton is not helping him win basketball games because of all of the issues that Alfred Payton brings to the table. But um, I don't know. He's in, his, he's in the right spots that he has to be. And he does the things that Tibbs asked him to do, whether he does them well or otherwise. Um, and again, but I, I, I then, like then a, on defense, like there are just complete lapses of effort on POA or things like I, that. It's I'm, like, okay, so then he's not where he's supposed to be, or he's not looking like a leader, or he doesn't look like a vet. I don't think he's ever out. I don't think he's ever out of place. I think he just like, isn't good getting around some screens and doesn't fight hard enough. So then the, then the obvious answer or the obvious question is like, okay, well, why isn't Frank playing? Because we've seen him fight hard around screens and we've seen him make three pointers and we've seen him um, like do the things that a coach asks. Yes. With the exception of one thing, which is that um, Frank plays point guard scared. 
he always has throughout three and a half years. And that has never really changed. Um, and I think that's a deal breaker. I think there is. I think here's the answer to the question. I think coaches have deal breakers sometimes. And there are some things, whether fair or otherwise, that if you do or you don't do, the coach is just going to be like, I'm just not going to play you if you don't do this thing. Um, and that is probably an old school mindset. It's probably not a good thing, a positive quality for tips, but I don't know. It's, it is what he believes. And I think he brings a lot more good than bad. So I'll, I'll live with it. Um, cause I think that's the reason that Frank is not going to get a chance because Alfred Payton, if there's a lane that's where, there, that's where I've been at. Yeah. If there's a lane, Alfred Payton's going to take it. And if there's a shot, Alfred Payton's going to take the shot. He might make three out of 10, but took like, took like 19 of those things. <laughs> he yesterday. did take 19 of them. Yeah. Um, like Frank's never going to take 19 shots in his life. And I, I've said it before, I think on this podcast, if you're a point guard who, and you don't try to score, you're useless to tips. You're utterly useless. He wants nothing to do with you. So that's why Frank. And that's why DSJ got the, the, the minutes, you know? Yeah. He wanted, they, they wanted Dennis Smith Jr. to work and Dennis Smith Jr. Again, played like a guy who's kind of broken, but they were willing to give the chance to a broken Dennis Smith Jr. over a functional, Frank Nilakina because of that simple thing. And um, and that's why Frank is going to be playing basketball elsewhere next year, if not much sooner. So Yeah. Well we'll we'll touch on that probably in a in a couple questions. Um, okay. Next up though, from Jordan Banks. What are the chances NYK and Mitchell Robinson can agree to an extension this summer? Well, I don't want to step on anybody's reporting here. Wink, wink. Uh, but I think there's a better. I think that I'd put it at 50 50 at least. Because I think. Um, I think Mitch wants to get paid. And. I think the Knicks. Are going to have a. I think the Knicks are going to have a good read of the market. Before they have to make the decision on. Um, do they want to make Mitch restricted this summer or do they want to let him play out his final year for that dirt cheap contract? So, because everybody knows everything in the NBA nowadays, like there's no waiting until midnight on whatever the day is, right? Everybody, everybody knows what's up. So I think they're going to know Leon and Wes, if anybody are going to know what's up, you know, but I do think it's going to depend a lot on his play. Um, And I think it's going to, I think he like, you know, we don't have to talk about the tweet that he deleted, but like if he does more shit like that, like I would put the chances of, of at under 50, 50. Cause like if you're in an organization like the Knicks, do you really like, you don't want to, you don't want to. And that like, to me, that's the reason why he didn't get an extension offer, a legitimate extension offer this summer. Like I know there was some reporting, I think from Ian Bagley about um, that they did have discussions this summer. Yeah. They didn't really it. go anywhere. And I'm not reporting this. I'm. This is literally just a guess. I bet the Knicks made him a legitimate offer of like several years, and I bet you yeah. it was a dirt cheap amount of money. Because they're like, fuck, if we're gonna tie ourselves to this this horse, um, without kind of you had to guess like four for thirty. Like, what do you think? Three for twenty. Again, just a guess. It's just a guess. 
literally a guess. I'm not, it's like I'm yeah, pulling yeah. it out of my ass, but like, yeah, no, I'm sure that they probably offered something like that because you know what? If he, if he goes batshit, you could always trade that contract, you know? Um, if you sign him for four for 50 and he just like, and you're not old enough to remember one Eddie Curry. Um, and I'm we not, but that's a name that's, you know, and people are going to, people are going to laugh at me for me. Like you're really comparing Mitchell Robinson to Eddie Curry. Well, go back and check your records folks, because once upon a time, Eddie Curry was like, wow, he's a up and coming young center. The Knicks maybe have something on their hands where he was averaging like 18 points a game and leading the league in field goal percentage. And, you know, there were a couple of matchups he had with young Dwight Howard where it was like, you know, he held his own. And um, and within a couple of years, that guy through no fault. I shouldn't say through no fault of his own, but like had some personal issues, had some stuff going on in his life. At, like he became forget a shell of himself. He was he was no longer a basketball player. And because of the fragile nature of him as a as a person that happened. Do I think that's going to happen to Mitchell Robinson? No, I don't think that's going to happen to Mitchell Robinson. But like, man, of like if you look at like R.J. Barrett, you don't have to have any of those concerns with him or say any number of other players with Mitch. Some you look at him like, hmm, are we sure everything's going to be okay? You know, Do we, is that really the place we want to make the the massive investment? That's all I'm saying. So I think they're going to tread lightly, but I do think it's a better than 50-50 shot that they come to an agreement. Sounds good. Next up from Benny Buckets. I, man, another question. I just, I just have to get right into Go for it. Are the Knicks dogs this year or are they another animal? Perhaps a collection of different animals. Normally Fizz would have already told us by now, but Tibbs refuses to discuss which animals the Knicks are. What is he hiding? Lots of questions here. All important again from Benjamin Bucket. That's a fantastically worded question. Um, or are they a combination of different animals? Uh, there's there. Okay. Let's think of some animals that they could be parts of. Definitely part sloth because they're 30th in pace. Um, and the sloth, I believe is the slowest is the slowest animal. Um, they are part hippopotamus because they're ugly as fuck sometimes. Um, <laughs> They are, <laughs> um, some what's like a bird that like, um, will fly into a glass window. That's pretty much any bird. So they're part bird because they are not accurate. Um, wow, 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 they're Good. not key. Um, Good. but but Thank but you. they are also, I will say, a bear. Now, I understand bears could run a little bit. So, but like maybe like a slow moving bear, but bear, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be one on one. They're like a fat bear. They're <laughs> like a fat bear. Yeah. Slow. Bear. Sometimes slow to respond if you poke it while sleeping, but you poke enough times and you might get a little. That's little the thing is you don't want to, you don't want to poke the bear. And then, and the Knicks have acted like a, a bear that has been poked many times this year because, and you, again, you don't want to be. <laughs> one-on-one with a bear if you're a bigger and stronger and fiercer animal like a, i don't know an elephant or something or a lion we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And or whatever, like, you know, you could beat the bear, especially if it's a fat bear, but you're going to get scarred up. Uh, you're you know you're gonna have, and you're gonna have to come to play. You're gonna have to really right. bring your A game to beat the bear. So I do think well, they you, are. You know what they say: if you're in the face of a bear, you just you punch that thing right in the nose. And if that doesn't work, you take your stub and you do your best to. You know, I just, I I just have, dad joked you off your own pod. We got to we got to move on. That was great, though. That was a great, great, great ending to a great question. Next, please. Steve Fresher, which pre-Twitter NBA player would have generated the most online discourse around actual talent versus potential? And why would it have been Anthony Randolph after his rookie season in 2009? I love I mean, this that, question. That's a good, that's a good question. Um, good question. A good answer, Anthony Randolph. Oh, man. Whew. Pre-Twitter discourse about whether he's good or not. Um, I'm going to throw some names out there just off the top of my head. I think Ben Gordon would have been a good one. Um, do you, do you know who Ben Gordon is? Yes. I remember late career Ben Gordon. Okay. So. Um, I feel like Ricky Davis, maybe at one point, um, definitely some guys on the, the, those, uh, Clippers teams, the, the Q rich, um, Odom, Darius Miles, Clippers teams. I feel like those guys would have generated a lot of a lot of discussion um, about about themselves. You know who would have been the ultimate, the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate um, argument guy? I feel like I feel like would have been Iverson. If Iverson did what he was, what he did. And oh. with the numbers that because he was he was like the, not an efficient player, right? I feel like it would have been similar to the debates that people have about Russell have had about Russell Russell Westbrook's just flat out bad now. But like the debates that people would have about Russell Westbrook over the last several years, I feel like that for Iverson back in the day when he was like at his peak, but he was still not terribly efficient. I feel like that those would have been really, really, really spirited. On Twitter, I think this question is more in line with someone who's like a very low-level player, and I'm, I'm like blanking on like who. I mean, Shump was was Shump pre-Twitter? Not really, though, right? Not really. Yeah, that um, that was like 2012 was when I joined Twitter. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, who else? Stromile Swift is the name that comes to mind. I'm thinking of like bad early draft. Don't know that one. 
Stromile Swift? Who not know that one? That is. Oh, uh, you gotta look up Stromile. Stromile Swift, Tyrese Thomas, another good one. You, get, you look these guys up. Um, educate yourself. I'm trying to think of some other guys, but there's that Anthony Randolph. That's a really good one. That's a good answer. Okay. Um, let's uh, let's let's move on. It's our final question. Because is this our last question already? It's our it's our final question, John. Oh wow! But, flown through this, but it should uh, it should have a a healthily sized answer. <laughs> I was wondering what I was wondering where you're going with using using uh, health, health healthy as a adjective adjective um ad- adverb ad- adverb well, if Teacher? it modif- if it modifies <laughs> another adjective. Because you we've said healthily, a, healthily. We've got sized. a college student and a, and a, and a, and a, and a healthily, teacher trying to figure out what an adverb is. Healthily sized. Sized is. No, sized is the adjective, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. that the healthily has to be an adverb, doesn't it? I probably got that wrong. Anyway, I'm sure this is We're, what the people came to listen to. What's someone's cringing really hard with their English degree? I'm so sorry. Um, from Andre Talmadge. With our potential cap space next year, how realistic and how effective would a backcourt of Ball and Oladipo be? Because if Lonzo Ball, Victor Oladipo, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson doesn't have Leon Rose written all over it. I hope it doesn't have Leon Rose written all over it. Um, In terms of is it realistic, it's... It's... It's at, it's not real. I don't think it's realistic because if if if, it's if we're one, talking, it's not the other. Well, if we're talking just trying to sign both of those players, so that means you're that means you're signing both in free agency, which means you're for trading. Victor Oladipo, you need to um, he the Pelicans will have restricted rights, and you need to make that a sizable offer, which I'm guessing is going to start in the neighborhood of. I mean, unless he just really you know, shits the bed for the rest of the season, that, that offer is going to be north of 12, $13 million. I mean, it has to be, um, or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I, I, let's say 12 million. Right. And then Victor Oladipo, you're going to need to pay at least 30, um, the Knicks to get him to actually come here because I think he wants to go elsewhere. And, and if you're going to get him on board, you're going to have to overpay. So I, they don't, they would not have the cap space to do that um, unless they moved a little bit of money. Um, that said, what they, if they traded for Lonzo before the deadline, signed Oladipo, and then went over the cap to resign? So that's Lonzo. yeah. It would it would have to involve some kind of chicanery. Um, <sighs> chicanery. I love that word. It really is one of my favorites. <laughs> Actually, some, wait a minute. Some, Hold some, on. Some, some good finagling. Wait a minute. I used Maybe. I used finagling in an in a Lamelo article one time for for SI, and that was like my magnum opus. Hold on, they they actually may have the cap space. I'm sorry, I think I misspoke because I'm even with some minimum salary slots, and even if you assume a couple of rookie salary slots. Just sorry, I'm doing quick, some quick math. I oh man, I think they it would be really tight. Let's okay. It would be tight, but let's assume that they have the cap space. So then the next question about it being realistic would be, does Leon Rose think that that is a wise expenditure of assets or wise expenditure of money? Um, mm. I, mm, goodness gracious. 
Uh, what do you think? I'm at a loss here. Like part, how, of me, part of me thinks how they, it is. It is realistic? Because I don't know... I don't know where the team is that's going to be dying to pay Lonzo Ball whatever it is, 13, 14, 15 million dollars a year um, with what he's shown over the course of his career. And would would Charlotte entertain? Oh, come on now. I mean, I, 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 that would be, that would be, that would be something. Um, Oh, he could walk into a starting job with the Knicks easily. They could they could draft whatever Kispert, Moody. Our coach with our coaching staff, they can have him as a, our starting PG. I think. They're, oh no, the they, would, they would. They would. But that's the thing is like, is I think this is one of those things where, you know, when somebody wants something in the NBA, they usually find a way to get it if they have enough clout. And I, as crazy as it, it sounds to say, I think the Ball family is like, do you want to deal with that fucking nut job? You know, um, being unhappy and, and causing a ruckus. If he knows that he, he could put his kid in a starting point guard job for the New York Knicks, man, that might be tempting. Um, I think that's more likely than Oladipo. And the reason I think it's more likely than Oladipo is I Miami. just... Well, I just finished a whole... You're not going to like this because I know you're a big fan of Oladipo and I know we've talked about Oladipo in the past and I am, I am, I too am a big fan of the idea of a fully healthy, um, fully actualized, um, being his best self version of Oladipo. And I just spent the last hour and a half or so, maybe more, um, before coming on this podcast, digging into the numbers of the actual Victor Oladipo uh, that we have seen now for quite some time. And um, let me tell you, they're not good. They're really good. Uh, Prez is the one who says tall Fred Van Vliet, right? And Yeah, but I that, think that's even, that's insulting to Fred Van Vliet because Fred Van Vliet is whatever he is from his career from three, from three. Let me tell you, let me ask you this question. I went and actually went into basketball reference and I added up the totals from his other seasons myself before. What do you think, uh, Victor Oladipo, if you take away the one season in Indiana where he made the All-NBA team and um, you looked at all of his other shots for the rest of his career, what do you think he's shooting from three-point range and what do you think he's shooting from two-point range if you take away that one season? 42-31. So you're actually a little low. He's at... um, I went a little low to not... Because I could smell the low numbers... He is at he is at thirty four point two percent on threes, which is a couple percentage points below league league average, um, and he's forty six point seven percent on twos, with a, a ton of those um, being taken, you know, close to the basket and and, and around the rim, and the whole thing, um, you know, and you look at his numbers this year with Houston, thirty four percent on threes, forty six percent on twos, and it's like, oh wow, that kind of lines up with his career numbers. Um, he's, he, he really does not, he like will go into the paint sometimes. Um, he still, he averages around the same amount of drives per minute as RJ Barrett. Um, but he's not great on them. Uh, he's no better than Barrett and Barrett still has his issues, you know, when he gets to the rim, uh, he's getting better now with the, uh, turning those drives, 
into short mid rangers as as our friend uh, Tom Piccolo did uh, a nice video on on Twitter today. But in short, I just like the fact that you're going to there's so many red flags and the fact that you're going to need to give this guy. I really do think you're going to need to give him the minimum of the Hayward contract to get him to stay minimum, bare minimum. Um, And maybe that doesn't even get it done. Maybe he just has his heart set on going to Miami. So that's really frightening to get yourself into that situation. If you're the Knicks where you're like, shit, does this, is this, if you're Leon Rose, you have played it so patiently for a year and a half. It will have been at the point where they would have to make this decision on, on free agency for Oladipo, whether they trade for him or not. Right. You've been so patient. Is this, is that really where you want to cash in your chips? Because if that's where you want to cash in your chips, that means you're essentially boxing yourself into you're saying, all right, I got to resign Julius Randle now. You know, and 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 it's that's that's my team. It's RJ, it's Julius, and it's it's Victor Oladipo. Um, like where where is that getting? Like really, where is that getting me? And I don't know if that's because here's here's the last thing I'm going to say, and and this I think you'll like. We know what this is all about, right? We know the guy that they really want. You tweet his picture all the fucking time. I think he's still in your header, right? He's still my header. He's still your Depo, header. The Depo, who on this team is getting us him? Depot, Depot, Obi, first rounders for an expiring Devin So that's Devin the Booker. thing. That's, that's one, of, the, one of these with World Wide West and then, you know, that, extend. That's, the, and, that's what I'm saying is Victor Oladipo on, on basically a max contract, I think could look really, really bad in a year or two. Really, really bad. And I don't know that Leon Rose wants to sign a deal. That's why he was willing to sign Hayward to what he was willing to sign Hayward to. And that's why when Mark Stein reported later that the Knicks were ultimately willing to go to a fourth year, I believe it because I believe it would have been something like four for 100 with a fourth year that was not was partially guaranteed. Again, I'm right. not reporting that. That is my guess. I know that they offered three for 70 and other, and I think Stein reported that as well. And that's because you could move that contract. If Gordon Hayward comes here and he doesn't play that well, you could still get off that money. I'm not yeah. so sure you could get off of four years and 120 something million dollars to Victor Oladipo if he comes in and he continues shooting, quite frankly, like he's shooting right now. So, oh, man, I, uh, I, I, I don't. I know it's the thing that's right there. I don't think there. I don't think that's the move, unless he wants to come here for for cheaper than we think, or less years than we think. But I doubt it. I just think I'm. I'm not like. It's not the depot team that I'm in love with. It's just like compared to our other transition options. I think depot RJ Randall until Randall expires. You can trade depot. Go over the cap. Trade Depot for Booker. Sign if you can get Embiid. Like I'm, I'm getting crazy here in 2024. You're, if you can, you're, you're getting crazy. If you can get Booker and Embiid, and then get your complimentary guys and go over the cap to extend Barrett, or Booker complimentary guys over the cap to extend Barrett. Like that. Here's the thing that I'll that I'll say. This coaching staff with Victor Oladipo. That's that's the thing. Like it's not like we're. We're the Knicks, but we're not the Knicks. Like, it, but he, here's the thing: they nobody wanted to come here this summer. Fred Van Fleet looked at them and they said, well, "I don't even care what you have in the bag. I don't even want to open the bag. I don't even want to look in the bag. 
keep the bag. I have no interest. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward used us to get more money from Charlotte. Like that's where things were this summer. Now, all of a sudden we have a coach who has proven that he could turn, um, chicken shit into chicken salad. And, um, if you're a guy who wants to get his numbers, he's going to come, you you come here and he'll get, you'll get you some numbers under Tom Thibodeau. You'll look really good. Um, and you'll be part of a winning team. So I think all of those players that maybe normally would, would not have looked our way last summer. Um, and so you're like, okay, well, who are the players? I'm not talking about any headlining guys because we know that there aren't those caliber of players out there in the market other than Kawhi Leonard. But like, I, I think they, they may be able to get a lower level guy just as a stopgap. Like, I'm going to throw a name out there just for shits and giggles. Like I'm Kyle Lowry. Oh, what? All right. Kyle from Lowry. The, from the way you introduced it, I was going to guess Spencer Dinwiddie. So Kyle Lowry is a free agent this summer. Mike Connolly is a free agent. This Conley? Um, Trent, Fournier, Dinwiddie, De, um, Depot. I'm, I'm not the Conley, biggest. Lowry. That's like my whole free agent watch list. I feel like as I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of this player, but Dennis Schroeder is a free agent. Um, no, what? No, no, just, no, just throwing it out there. No, listen, I don't, Chris I don't Paul, really like and now him. he's playing with him. He played with Chris Paul and now he's playing with LeBron James. And every year besides that, we all thought he was dog shit. No, listen, I, he would not be my first, second or third or probably fourth or fifth choice. Um, I would really hope not. His age would not. Be. <laughs> He's not good. Not I good. don't agree with that. I, I okay, I'm, I'm saying like like you know Devonte Devonte Graham. Devonte Graham is going to be a restricted free agent. We mentioned Lonzo Ball. Like I'll put Graham in the same bucket as Schroeder. Genuine good basketball players that I don't want like, to be if, the guys that we put our stuff. What if what if we give like. <sighs> What if we give Lonzo like a three-year deal? Um, because I think for to sign away a restricted three for fifty. Well, no, for to, I, oh God, I, we talked about this so much this summer, uh, me and Jeremy, and I forget what it is—the rule that you have to sign a player to at least three guaranteed years uh, uh, to, or for an offer sheet. So it has to be. I does it have to be a two plus? Could it be a two plus one? I think it could be a two, whatever. Like they could make an offer to Lonzo Ball that's like, okay, maybe Lonzo Ball isn't our point guard of the future, but we're comfortable with him here this year. And even if it's a three year deal, right? Like we you get past, that. we get, yeah, we get past this year. And then all of a sudden it's a two year deal. Okay. Um, so like they could do that. Like I think they will, I don't think they're going to feel desperate. I don't think they're going to look at Oladipo and be like, oh shit, if we don't get this guy, we're fucked. You know, I think they, Oh, I agree with that. I mean, we, the one thing I've always said when people ask me, what are we going to do? Or what's happening? What do you think is happening at the deadline? Or what do you think is happening with this player? What do you this? Um, My answer always has something to do with how this front office seems to be interested in whatever that will improve this team. They just have their own price that they'll pay for that thing. And they are not going to screw themselves over to get that thing. And that's why, you know, my halftime lives, I've been going, as you know, live, live at halftime of every Nick game on on Twitter. Um, And one of the, one of the points I've made a lot in games like against Denver and uh, against Portland, when we're just playing a team that's definitely better than us is like, Okay, you can't be mad that we're losing this type of game because if you are and you 
don't want an albatross contract on the books, then you're not actually mad that we're losing this game. We just, we don't have the talent to be in it and we didn't screw over our books. So this is where we are. We're losing the game. That's a, that's okay. We'll we'll move on from here after this year, you know, we'll add talent. You're, um, you're not wrong. Um, and, and look, we, there's also the possibility of them trading for an expiring contract. Um, there's like, there's always possibilities. And I think they're going to un, 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 turn over every stone is that the phrase um to to try to yeah, continue to upgrade the talent and i think they will and i also think again not to get too far ahead of ourselves i think they have the ability to or they feel they have the ability to get a diamond in the rough in a draft because this is now walt perrin now is really building quite a resume between gobert um and donovan mitchell and uh, Paul Millsap, and I'm, I think I'm forgetting someone else from Utah, um, and now Emmanuel quickly, whether that's Perrin completely or a little bit or not at all, like I don't know, but it goes on their record. And, and yes, we have to wait and see with Toppin. That's a big thing. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to feel pressured. So I, I guess I would say, very, they'll talk about the longest answer ever. Um, I, I don't think uh, there's a great chance yeah. that they that it's deep and ball. Yeah. Um, and if it were though, just for the, the second part of the question quickly, what, what would you expect from that type of team? I think they'd be, I think they'd be in the run for a 50 win season. Yeah. Ball, sure. ball, Depot, Barrett, Randall, Mitch, God, yeah, shooting. Sure. Um, I, I think, listen, I think they'd figure it out. I think they'd figure out how to how to score. Um, and I would. I mean, look. I when like I, forty when like forty forty four. No, most. I think I think I don't. I think something like win, that. I think they would win close to fifty games. And you mentioned him before, and I just want to say again, Spencer Dinwiddie, like, absolutely should be a name on their radar this summer. And I know Nick fans absolutely loathe the guy, but. You want to talk about a guy that I'd rather have here for the next several years than Victor Oladipo? Give me Spencer Dinwiddie. I like Spencer Dinwiddie as a as he's a good. player. I think he's a dick, but I like him as a lot as a player. He's very good. Um, Is that it? He, we, do he we, shows it when he gets the chances to. So. I, I think he will. Listen, he's I I, I trust him um, to get back to his old self. All right, we we did it. Um, that is that is the last of our questions. All right, so promote something before we get out of here. Oh man, uh, go, come to my Twitter profile at Chris Persianen. Any halftime of any Nick game, I should be live streaming. Uh, so there's a place to hang out, chat, break down the first half. Uh, and then check out the Bleed Orange and Blue and To A Tolerable Degree podcasts. Our Super Bowl preview just went up on To A Tolerable Degree today, which I have to go promote on Twitter actually now. Um, at that. That's an exciting new episode. So if you want a Super Bowl preview before this Sunday, the Two A Tolerable Degree Pod has got you covered. Uh, that's about it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, congrats to the Mets who apparently just signed uh, Bauer? Tre- Trevor Bauer. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I, I, I'm assuming that's. I think he's he's a good baseball player, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm a Mets fan. Um, he's good. He's good. Okay. Bad um, baseball. Not bad at it. <laughs> um, all right. Do I have anything I have to say before I get out of here? No. Uh, just check out, uh, you know, the podcast on, on Monday. It's coming up. Um, I will tease again something I teased last night, which is that stay tuned um, 
to the next several episodes of this podcast. Uh, have some some guests coming up that I am um, mildly excited about, and I'll just leave it at that. Also, got the three hundredth episode a um, couple of weeks away, so stay tuned for that. Uh, hey. so, uh, oh, rate, rate, and uh, subscribe, rate, and review us. I again, these are these are the things that my producer Andrew Claudio tells me to say, so I'm going to say them. But it it, it is meaningful every time we get a nice review. Um, it means a lot, and every time we get a nice rating, it re- it means a ton. Um, so you know, if you if you're so inclined to take 30 seconds to do that, we appreciate it, and uh, subscribe to the Nick's Film School uh, YouTube channel, so because we have all kinds of stuff going on there. So. Um, yeah, uh, and on indeed. that note, indeed. Um, have a great weekend, and uh, I will. We will be back with you with another episode very soon. Bye.